holy God, fountain of all knowledge, enliven us through your word this day and always. Amen. Please be seated. There's a running joke in my household. Every month, this, this magazine comes, parents, and gets shipped to our house. And every time it arrives, I am happy to see it. The articles are helpful. It's celebrating families of all configurations, and I just really like how it's a mix of practical, playful, and useless. Frankly, sometimes it's nice to know I'm sharing something with parents from everywhere. I get to peek at what creative parents do and pretend like, yeah, one day I'll be that creative. But that's not the joke. The running joke is because I now love a magazine that I was so angry about being signed up for. Here's how it happened. I was pregnant with our first kid five years ago, shopping in a maternity store because nothing was fitting anymore, and I'm at the register ready to check out when, like clockwork, I need to drop everything and run to the bathroom. I leave my husband to take care of the purchase, and when I return, he's wrapping up, leaving with a new magazine and a new subscription that he has paid $1.99 for, a subscription I never asked for. <laughs> and so, being so cool and calm and very pregnant, I was so annoyed at him. Like, I gave him the silent treatment for five minutes because he was a sucker, and he fell for their ploy at the register and even paid for it. And now, every month, I have to apologize and say he was right, I was wrong, and I should never doubt him because I love this silly little magazine. And now that I've said that, I'll continue in a more traditional path of this sermon. I've been thinking about Paul's second letter to the Corinthians all week, particularly his bold, beautiful claim that God is in the reconciliation business and that as followers of Christ, we're now in the reconciliation business ourselves. If you're anything like me, you're intrigued by this idea of cosmic reconciliation because you, like me, recognize that the world is sorely in need of reconciliation. But you, maybe like me, are wondering, okay, but what does it mean that God is in the reconciliation business and that by extension, we are too? What does it mean that God is in the reconciliation business and as followers of Christ, so are we? I've been sitting with this question buzzing in the back of my head all week. All week when I've been brushing my teeth. Reconciliation business. When I've been driving to and from school, listening to Encanto with my kids, God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? And yes, when I've been reading my parents' magazine, and it was here in this magazine, my trusty magazine, where I encountered a story that helped put a little flesh on the bones of what it might look like to be a minister of reconciliation in action today in our context in a deeply divided world. The article, there was a little piece by Dr. Melissa Burt, an African-American mother of one atmospheric scientist and associate dean at Colorado State University. 
In this piece, she relayed the story of meeting a mom new to her neighborhood. Usually the parents on the block, a social group, like to tell stories and they stick to stories about their kids and about life but avoid jab talk. This new neighbor didn't know that. And so one day she asks Dr. Burt, what do you do? And Dr. Burt replies, oh, I study climate change. To which the neighbor replied, oh, that's not a real thing, is it? And another mom jumps in echoing the same sentiment, that's not a real thing, is it? Now at this point in the article, I have to put things down for a minute and like take a step back. And I feel my breath getting shallower and I'm getting a little bit hotter. And my heart starts to beat a little faster. And I've gone in two seconds from passive, pleasant, absent-minded reading of my magazine to angry and incredulous. I'm embarrassed to say how often that has been happening these days. I was angry at Dr. Burt's neighbor on her behalf, but also if I'm angry, I'm honest, I'm angry on my own behalf because I'm just angry. I'm angry at these neighbors and people like them. I'm angry at our society that hasn't taught people how to be thoughtful, critical thinkers. I'm angry that we don't have basic facts that we can share. I'm angry at those in power spreading lies. I'm, I'm, guys, I'm just angry. And as I read Dr. Bird's story, I wanted to run to her defense and tell her neighbors that if they like the heat so much, I know exactly where they should go. I know, very minister of reconciliation of me, all right? But Dr. Burt didn't need me running to her defense. She was more than capable to deal with such an issue on her own. In fact, I would soon learn in a few lines further down the page that not only didn't Dr. Burt need my self-righteous anger on her behalf, it turns out I didn't need my own knee-jerk reaction of self-righteous anger on my own behalf. Whereas I was feeling angry and even contempt at this point in her story, it turns out that Dr. Burt was able to avoid, avoid succumbing to those depths. And I think that's a big part of what we're gonna have to learn how to do. And in so doing, she was able to do something that I have not seen celebrated in public in a long time. She built a bridge with the other. Dr. Burt followed up her neighbor's question about climate change not being real with questions of her own. She compassionately asked, haven't you noticed here in Colorado it's been getting hotter every year? Haven't you noticed we have more wildfires? She writes, through my prodding, these women began to question how it was that they hadn't known what a big problem climate change is today. What? Friends, this is a story of a miracle. I don't know about you, but I can't remember the last time someone relayed a story about two people on opposing sides of a hot button issue talking to each other and then finding common ground. 
in this tiny little article tucked near the back of a magazine that also includes a recipe for puffed rice bunny ears for Easter was this gem of a story of someone who remained calm, wasn't triggered, and was able to build a bridge across a major cultural divide. Can I get an amen or hallelujah something? Now, it will be a reduction of epic proportions to say, and this is what the Apostle Paul was talking about. This teaching that Paul is talking about, that God is reconciling all creation to God's story, is an epic story of reconciliation that plays out on a timeline, on a scale that began thousands of years before us and will continue for thousands of years after us. That's the pearl of wisdom that gives us the courage to live bold, beautiful lives, trusting that ultimately the God who raised Jesus from the dead is promising to catch us and all creation at the end of the age. But before then, we have these lives. And in these lives, we have immediate and honest small questions about what it means that we we have been entrusted with a message, and the message is reconciliation. Dr. Burt's story is a hopeful one that reminded me that looking at situations, at relationships with an eye toward reconciliation is not utterly foolish. Maybe one day it just might work. And even if it doesn't work, that's not the point. We have been given a ministry of reconciliation, every single one of us. It is a gift. Maybe it doesn't feel like it for us individually, but I think we all could agree that it's a gift for the world collectively. Now let's go out and share with the world a gift she's desperate for Christians to finally use. Amen.